Welcome. This podcast is an exploration into being human and what's possible when there's less attention on the noise in our heads. Warning. While listening to this broadcast, you may experience moments of deep peace, sighs of relief, personal insights, or long stretches of dead air. Do not be afraid. This is normal. Under the Noise with Wynne Morgan and Kate Roberts. Welcome to Under the Noise. I'm Kate Roberts, and I'm here with my co-host, Wynne Morgan. Hi, Wynne. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So today, (laughs) you came up with our topic today. You want to get us started on it? Yeah. Well, I've been pondering mortality and death. Something really light. I've been (laughs) pondering that in the last... um, well, a few days and a couple of weeks, I, I think. And a part of it was in my writing exercise for writing class this morning. That's where it went. Mm. Now, the one thing we're always told in writing class, and our previous guest, Jules Swales, is my writing teacher. So I, I know when I put my pen to paper to have no content at all in mind. And it's just what eventually came through as I was writing, doing the exercise. And it was just very interesting. So when you and I talk before we start recording and think about what to talk about, we had a few ideas. We had four left over from the last time we recorded. But this one, death felt most alive, (laughs) which is a nice, ironic (laughs) thing to say. That was funny. About time I was funny, huh? <laughs> We've waited two years and it finally happened. <laughs> uh, it's really not that shocking. So, Jess, mm. where'd your writing go? It's weird that I can't remember what I wrote about, but I knew it was very much about my own mortality. Mm very much about that and how can something about my own mortality not be morbid but it certainly wasn't morbid it was a very interesting set of emotions that came up but it also came through well today at the time of writing even though I said I wasn't going to talk about this um, it is the Today, at the time of recording, it's the the funeral of the Queen, Queen Elizabeth II, here in the UK. And at the very last part of it, when it was not far off being in earshot, um, just up the road from me is Windsor Castle. And the Archbishop of Canterbury, one of his final addresses to the congregation, was in that last part. And I I had it on my phone. Um, For he knoweth whereof we are made. He remembereth that we are but dust. The days of man, human, are but as grass. For he flourishes, flourisheth as a flower of the field. For as soon as the wind goeth over it, it is gone, and the place thereof shall know it no more. 
And while that's very old fashioned language, especially the gender specific nature of it, a more recent anachronism than some of the other anachronisms that I can't even say without tripping over, like the word remembereth. It's something we've always known, how temporary we are, that we are but dust. You know, and to, to pop up from dust into this form with consciousness and then to, to pop away again into dust again and into whatever form will pop up again. And it's an astonishing thing to ponder life. Life's the astonishing thing to ponder. I remember someone saying to me not long ago, death is very strange. I think life's even stranger. I think the fact of being alive is the, is the miracle because the matter in us is, will be back to dust. What's that phrase? Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Even before David Bowie's song of 1980, that phrase has been going around. So it got me pondering in that exercise this morning, I got me pondering about life and what I'm making of it. Where I get tripped up in something even more temporary than life. The emotions that I think keep me safe that are no more, no more long lasting than a blink of an eye. And I know that, and I still fall for it. There's something very interesting about that being a part of life. I think in one of the, the parts, as, as it comes back to me now in my writing, there's something like the pain of death is only felt by the living, but the dead do not feel nor do they smell their decay, nor do they, they taste the loss. Anyway, you asked for it. So that's where my morning writing went today. Hmm. You looked something up as well. When does, um, does death feel like to you um, like a negative no. Scary thing? No. Not in the slightest. So life seems a bit more scary at times than death? Yeah. Yeah. Now, that's, I don't know if I was facing death. I don't know how I'd feel about it. Mm -hmm. And given so far, I've yet to experience being consciously close to death, then I don't know how that will feel. No, death doesn't hold fear for me. And, and I do hope it's not just around the corner, you know. I hope it's a long way off. How about you? Well, you know, the thing that, <laughs> that you just mentioned that showed up for me when you brought up the um, the topic of death, which is, 
you know, when you said, are you sure you want to talk about it? Well, yeah, let's, I don't know. I just don't, I don't have that, that feeling like it's something not to explore like anything else, I guess. So a friend, a dear friend put me onto a show and because we were talking about death, (laughs) just exploring death. I don't know. Uh, Not in any serious way, just, um, I don't know. That's where we found our conversation going. And she's like, oh, you know, there's a show. So I start watching this show. And uh, for anybody who's interested, it's called Midnight Mass. That's what it's called. It's like a limited series. And it's about vampires. <laughs> okay. I get it. It's about vampires. And it's very different from any other vampire show that I've ever seen. It's very unique. It's got all these themes, all these things kind of happening. But towards the end, and I feel bad because I'm really about to just explore the speech that was given at the very end of the show for anybody watching. So if you would like to watch the vampire show, come back and watch and listen to this episode after, <laughs> after you know what's interesting. I didn't know what TV show it was until he mentioned midnight mass. And I went, Oh, I know the speech at the end. You do. What I do. What the what? Oh yeah. Be clean. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah. Yeah, it was so amazing. Tell us, tell us what's the speech. Okay, so the speech is from this chick who has just gotten bitten and she's dying. She's just laying on the grass and she's dying. And it kind of, um, in her mind, she's going back to a conversation that she had about what happens when we die. And... The person that she was talking to said, so what do you think happens when we die? And she said, speaking for myself. And he says, speaking for yourself. And then she says, myself, my self. That's the problem. That's the whole problem with the whole thing. That word self. That's not the word. That's not right. That isn't. That isn't. How did I forget that? When did I forget that? The body stops a cell at a time. But the brain keeps firing these neurons, little lightning bolts like fireworks inside. And I thought that I'd despair or feel afraid, but I don't feel any of that, none of it, because I'm too busy. I'm too busy in this moment, remembering. Of course, I remember that every atom in my body was forged in a star. This matter, this body is mostly just empty space after all, and solid matter, It's just energy vibrating very slowly, and there is no me. There never was. 
The electrons of my body mingle and dance with the electrons of the ground below me and the air I'm no longer breathing. And I remember there is no point where any of that ends and I begin. I remember that I am energy, not memory, not self. My name, my personality, my choices all came after me. I was before them and I will be after. And everything else is pictures picked up along the way, fleeting little dreamlets printed on the tissue of my dying brain. And I am the lightning that jumps between. I am the energy firing the neurons and I'm returning. Just by remembering, I'm returning home. And it's like a drop of water falling back into the ocean of which it's always been a part. All things apart, all of us apart. You, me, my little girl, and my mother, and my father, everyone who's ever been, every plant, every animal, every atom, every star, every galaxy, all of it. More galaxies in the universe than grains of sand on the beach. And that's what we're talking about when we say God, the one, the cosmos, and its infinite dreams. We are the cosmos dreaming of itself. It's simply a dream that I think is my life every time. But I'll forget this. I always do. I always forget my dreams. But now in this split second, in the moment I remember, I comprehend everything at once. There is no time. There is no death. Life is a dream. It's a wish made again and again and again and again on into eternity. And I'm all of it. I'm everything. I am all. I am that I am. In a vampire show. That doesn't look like a vampire show. <laughs> Takes a while for that to be relief revealed in the Midnight Mass. Yeah. It's such a you know what I find astonishing is that that speech could have been written in any context by anybody, said at any time. And it has. Yeah. Several times over using slightly different words but pointing at exactly the same thing. It's it's the few lines of prayer that I read out. And I don't know. It's possible in my mind, therefore, that given how common that is for us to think and feel something in that, it's probably got a lot of truth. Truth is like the recurring form of thought into words. And then we feel them as if there's something beyond a nice idea, beyond a concept. Quite a few times I think we've said in previous episodes that 
we are the energy and the matter. We are the, the formless, which is everlasting energy. Can't be destroyed. It only changes from one form to another, I think, is a very famous statement in physics that still appears to be true, given it's been around as a statement for many years, hundreds of years, I believe. I think it's Newtonian. Energy can either be created nor destroyed, just changed from one form to another. It says a lot about us. Mm. That isn't us. It fuels the separate entity and the fuels the illusory nature of the separate entity. I don't really think it's separate, as the speech says. It's the electrons in us that would vibrate and dance with the electrons in another object that isn't us. I'm not this table, but there'll be an electrical, sorry, electrons kind of like dancing around and vibrations vibrating and heat being exchanged. And this tea isn't separate from me. Well, half of it isn't anymore anyway. So I've drunk half of it. So now it's not even separate in here. It's a part of me. If it's a part of me, then what's me? I'm not half a cup of tea. And half a cup of tea isn't me. I mean, it's so many, I guess, rabbit holes we could go down with that in the detail of it and philosophical ramblings that we could go into after a cocktail or two or a glass of wine or two or a cup of tea or two and yet it's interesting to ponder what all of the ideas and Robert Hole's point towards your turn to ramble now not that you mm. ramble that's my turn <laughs> I do the rambling <laughs> you do the nailing there's something like I'm sure there's so much more than this and I'm sure that I don't have the right words right now but there's a couple of things that are really beautiful about you know this topic of death that that are kind of showing up for me right now you know the first thing is it occurs to me that as human beings, we engage with other people. We care and love them. We get into partnerships, relationships. We have children. And all of this with the knowledge that as long as we're alive, we'll lose them in some way. We could just lose our relationship or they may pass. We have children knowing we could lose our children and that they'll lose us. And there's so something so beautiful that even if we don't acknowledge that for ourselves, it's still this willingness to love and to have our babies and to be in relationships and there's still some part of us that really is, is okay with it. Knowing that, we still do it anyway. 
And that speaks, I think, to a deeper truth than any story our intellect can come up with about, oh, I don't know if I could survive if I lost my child and um, I can't lose these relationships or what if they die or any of that, you know, that's all in our personal minds. There's a truth to a deeper truth that maybe sometimes we don't acknowledge that we're still willing as human beings to do those things. And I think that's really beautiful. And, you know, at some point when we transition back to that energy that we are, that life, without these bodies, we always come back. We'll always know that, even if we don't even feel a glimpse of it in the bodies that we have, right? Some people will live and die and not have that experience, but when they, when they transition back, of course they do. We'll always be there. We'll always go back. At least I think so. But how cool is it when we get to experience even just a a moment of realizing the truth of who we are when we feel that space and drop into it even for just a second in our lifetime to drop into that truth that feeling of who we really are and who the people that that we love or hate or whatever, that they're part of that same thing too. And if we could get just a second of that while we're alive, man, that's cool. That second to me makes the four score years and 10 or whatever number we live for. That second make sense of all the other seconds. To me anyway. Yeah. Thanks, Wen. Thank you, Kate. It's one of those topics. I'm not always sure anyone's prepared to go there with me on. And, you know, to hear that you and your friend went there it's very cool to to be able to share this universal, inevitable event and ponder it. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks to you for listening. If you've got any of your own meanderings on this, please let us know. And if there's anything else that you'd like us to, to talk about in a future episode, then again, let us know our details uh, wherever you found this podcast. And, and you can hear them being read out by Kate in a moment too. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you again very soon. Goodbye. Thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review. If you have a topic or question that you'd like us to chat about, email Wynn or Kate at win at winning.co.uk and kate at katerobertscoaching.com. Until then, enjoy what's possible under the noise.